this is the Iowa State Athletics SciCast. Hi, everybody. I'm John Walters. Today's SciCast is with former Cyclone quarterback Wayne Stanley. Mike Green caught up with the 1976 co-captain of one of Iowa State's greatest teams. Stanley shared stories of Johnny Majors, Earl Bruce, his great teammates, and the chance to get everybody back together in Ames this fall. We hope you'll enjoy our visit with Wayne Stanley. We're here with Wayne Stanley. Iowa State fans remember Wayne. He was a starting quarterback on Iowa State's 1976 football team and had a great career you know, for the Cyclones, and he's joining us on our SciCast. You came from Florida, and kind of tell us how you got to Iowa State. Uh, you were first you know, recruited by Johnny Majors. Coach Avanzano. Uh, Joe Avanzano was on the staff. He was an offensive line coach for Johnny Majors. Ray Green was also on the staff with Johnny Majors, and they were assigned to recruiting Florida. They came to by uh, my high school when I was a sophomore at Lakeshore High School. We hadn't integrated with Belgrade High School at that time. We integrated the following year. And we were very successful my sophomore year, and I had a great year as a sophomore and had um, – uh, gained some notoriety. However, they came through there and uh, was looking for a couple of other guys on the team. Actually, um, James Olis Benjamin and uh, Lamar Powell. And um, uh, Lamar Powell was an offensive tackle. James Olis Benjamin was a running back, one of the top running backs in the state. What happened was they took a look at our film, and they really liked me more than them, actually, as a sophomore. And they told my coach that they would come back in a couple of years, and uh, they were more interested in me. My coach come running down to my class, my English class that day, and, you know, he was all excited. And, What's going on, coach? Uh, well, two coaches just came through from Iowa State University, and they're interested in you, and they want you to play quarterback for them, you know, once you graduate. I thought, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. You know, I was really excited being a sophomore and all and not even thinking about college yet at that particular time. And, uh, you know, it was kind of a done deal because they wanted me as a quarterback. All the other Southern schools wanted me as a as a defensive back wide receiver. And, of course, back during that time, you know, that quarterback, linebacker, little linebacker position, safety position, were thinking positions. And, of course, you know, and that their attitude in the South was that black guy couldn't play that position. So I thought about them, you know. But anyway, I, I – Declined all of their offers and uh, took the scholarship to Iowa State University. It was the best thing that I ever did. You know, Wayne, now you, you I kind of look at quarterbacks, and obviously college football is just full of dual-threat quarterbacks, you know, people that can run, can pass. And Did you ever uh, think yourself as a trendsetter? Because nowadays you see this type of quarterback all the time, and that's what the way you played was you were a guy that could throw, you guy could run. Did you ever see yourself as a trendsetter in that field? Well, Yes, to a degree. I mean, I was one of the guys that got an opportunity during the early years, like uh, Tundra's Holloway, Cornelius Green here at Ohio State. Tundra's Holloway was at Tennessee. Cornelius Green was in my class, but Tundra's Holloway was before me. And he kind of was a trendsetter, and some of the other schools started looking at us as a result of that, uh, dual-threat quarterbacks. And, uh, of course, for my hometown, you know, I was the first Division One football player ever. And after that, there was a, <laughs> a bunch of guys that came out of there that went on to play 
be first-round draft picks in the NFL. Matter of fact, my son graduated from there, DeMel Stanley, and uh, they had four first-round draft picks out of his off that team. So basically, as a result of me going to school and having a fairly good career, the colleges started flooding the Glades area. That's my claim to fame, basically, is the fact that they started coming to the Glades to get Division One football schools, and uh, a lot of guys had a lot of success as a result of that, so I'm real happy that I was able to do that, set an example for a bunch of the guys from my hometown. So after your first year at Iowa State, you had Johnny Majors, and then he leaves to take the head job at you know Pittsburgh. And then you have a you know takeover with a new coach in Earl Bruce, and obviously you have a long history with Coach Bruce. Kind of tell me what the type of person he was, and and how did you grow into the leader of our you know the team through Coach Bruce? Coach came in the spring of my freshman year. Johnny Majors and his staff having contact with me as a sophomore, you know, and then of course me watching them and being excited about coming to play for them. I wasn't real excited when Coach Bruce came came to town, you know. And then his, his style, his philosophy, and everything was completely different from Johnny Majors. Johnny Majors having been a quarterback, you know, he was more quarterback oriented. I mean, he was he wanted to throw the ball a lot more than Coach Bruce did, and it took me a while to adapt to him and his style of, of play and his way of coaching, his philosophy, and everything, his methods. Uh, of, of getting players, motivating players, and everything. It just took me a while for that to sink in and, and me to be able to appreciate him as a person. He brought in the quarterback coach, I think it was my junior year, Tom Lichtenberg. Tom Lichtenberg is the person that made me understand Coach Bruce and be able to uh, become the leader that I did. Uh, he's, he, he's deceased now. He died of cancer about four or five years ago. Great man, spiritual man. He made me sit down and... Uh, Write down goals, and this is the first time that I've ever done that, you know. And once you see the goals in black and white and start working towards them, you know, you're more on a beeline rather than picking from here to there different things that you want to do, blah, 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 blah. Once you've got a system and you, you, you have it in black and white in front of you, your goals, and you start attaining those goals, then things start to come together a lot better for you. And uh, as a result of that, my senior year was, was was awesome. Going back to Coach Bruce, for two years, I we had a tough time, you know, communicating and all of that. I didn't really appreciate the way that he treated my teammates who were friends of mine. They're like my family away from home. I'm, I'm 2,000 miles from home, you know, and uh, that, that's they're my family. And, and Coach Bruce brought the Woody Hayes system there, and Woody Hayes was a little bit gruff in, in the way that he got – players motivated. That was okay back then, but it was the way that you did it. Coach Bruce was copying Woody Age, you know, and it wasn't working for our team out there. It was really, a lot of the guys just didn't appreciate him and what he was trying to accomplish. He was always a great man, obviously, and had, and had good intentions with the way that he coached. He loved coaching. He's a very an extreme student of the game, but uh, his method wasn't working for us, and so my I got uh, redshirted my senior year. We had we'd gone like four and eight or four and four and six or whatever, and uh, like a couple years in a row, we'd start out great against the non-conference teams, and then you know kind of fell in the constant doormats out there. And, and we, I was tired of them because in high school, I was I never lost a game. 
but there were some guys that were on the team from Johnny Major's era that didn't like Coach Bruce a lot, and and it just wasn't good for the for the environment there. We, we're trying to win games and everything, and we got clicks on the team, and I just wanted that to stop because I knew the formula for when winning a championship game. I've done it all my life, you know. I've won I've won every every level I've been on. I never lost games, so I couldn't wait for those guys to get out of there. To, to graduate and be gone so I could leave. And once I got that opportunity, and well, I sat back my junior year, my senior year, and watched the year that I was registered and, and observed the guys. We had the athletes there, the material to win. Uh, our coaching staff was very knowledgeable and, and the students of the game. But what we needed was to be a team. And we needed offense going, you know, working. Uh, in a court, we needed the special teams working in a court. We needed to be bonded as a group and have some kind of camaraderie, which was very, very important in the success of a team. When you talk about team, there ain't no eyes in team. And I knew that early on. And all the guys that I, we won championship with, we grew up with these guys. You know, I could, I, I knew what to expect out of the guy next to me. I knew he was going to be there to cover my back. If something happened, and I knew that everybody was going to be given ultimate effort on every play. That's what I, we needed there, you know. And then once I went in my senior year, I went in and talked to Coach Bruce because he had touched a few of my uh, teammates and stuff, and I didn't appreciate it. But I went in and talked to Coach Bruce, and he agreed to cha- make some changes, the changes that I asked for. And as a result of that, uh, we came together. I respected him as, you know, from me being a student and him sitting and listening and asking me what I what I would like. I gained a respect for him that would carry us through the next year and uh, carry me through the summer. And I I conveyed all of this to my teammates. At one point, coaches, I asked them to leave. You know, in the in the spring of the year, leave the room so I could talk to the players and get them on the same wave. I mean, with me, you know, there were some other guys on the team, but most of the time, most of the guys on the team hadn't had the success in high school that I'd had. And uh, I was actually the leader of that successful team and program. That next year, we worked all summer long. We spent the summer in school, and that was one of the things that Coach Bruce agreed on, kept all the kind of, kept all the guys in town, got them jobs and stuff, and we practiced every day and came together and was bonded the following year, and, and as a result of that, we had great success. Well, obviously, the 1976 team is one of the best teams in Iowa State football history. You had some great players. Kind of talk about guys like Luther Blue and Al Dixon and Dexter Green. Obviously, having weapons like that on offense really had to help you. Of course. Dexter Green being a preseason All-American that year, and a preseason All-American, and also a preseason uh, Heisman Trophy candidate, uh, Luther Blue coming into the season, being a preseason All-American pick. Myself, Nate Greenwood, uh, he was a convert from quarterback, matter of fact, great and a captain, along with myself. Uh, Maynard Stenderud on defense. Uh, Mike Stenderud, who's one of the best damn big, big guys I've ever seen running, man. He was nimble on his feet. Alenda Perrine, Tony Hawkins, who's deceased now on at secondary. Uh, the offense, though, and we had three tight ends that we used that year. Glover Rogers, Albert Dixon. Albert was more of the passer, you know, the receiver. 
Bubba Rogers was ultimate blocking tight end and and uh, tackles. We we went big at tackles, but we were athletic. Kevin Cunningham, uh, Mark Fame, Rob Stoffel, those guys, they were all really tough guys and, and, and students of the game and they and they, they worked real hard at their craft. And uh, we had great coaching staff as well, though. Coach Williams from uh, Dowling High School in, in, in Des Moines. His son, Mark Williams, played safety, came in as a quarterback with me. He was my first roommate, actually, and I loved the guy. Greg Rowe, Cal Cummings, a fullback, Frank Cooper. All those guys, they were top guys and students of the game, and they worked hard at their craft. And we became a team as a result of all of this stuff that we did during the summers, and uh, man, it was exciting playing with those guys. There was a fever that the guys had at wide receiver, too, and a guy named John Solomon became the, the ultimate guy at blocking receiver, you know. One guy make a catch, or that's a green break a run, you had guys running downfield, making them, you know, trying to get a block. Our offensive linemen, they were down there as well. I mean, everybody, it was just a contagious thing where everybody wanted to give every effort, you know, until the play was over. Everybody was moving and trying to get get a block or trying to get a run. It was just an awesome year. I loved it. It was great. So we're talking about the 1976 team with, you know, Wayne Stanley, the quarterback of that team. And Iowa State that year ranked second nationally in total offense, um, averaging 439 yards a game. There were some great games during that season, Wayne. And, and you personally had uh, a monster game against Air Force where he had four touchdown passes. What What are your favorite memories of that game? Trying to catch my breath, man, up there on that altitude. The air was very thin. My offensive line, I'm leaning on them, and they're down on their knees trying to catch their air. It was just tough breathing up there. But, you know, of course, we had superior athletes, and uh, we we expected to win. It, it just happened just like we had planned all week long, you know. We're going to go up there. We're going to throw the ball, use our use our skilled people. That's the green, blue to blue. Now, Ray Hardy made a run. Oh, my God. After a catch, he avoided uh, being tackled by probably six or seven guys in the secondary getting into the end zone. I threw him the ball in the flat. He caught it. It was I, I timed it so I could get the ball to him so we, he would, you know, have time to run with it afterwards. I got the ball out to him right away. He caught the ball, turned, faced the corner, shook him, broke back forward the middle. The linebacker grabbed him. He pivoted, you know, and broke away from him. The safety took a shot at him. He got it. He faked the safety out, you know, made the guy almost break his leg. It was just, it was just a beautiful run. And uh, that's one of the things that, I, that stand out more about that game for me than anything. Uh, a couple passes I threw, Luther Blue in the end zone. And uh, the other thing was, you know, like I said, catching my breath was a major issue there, too. <laughs> Wayne, obviously there was a lot of marquee wins during the 76th season, but the crown jewel victory uh, has to be the Nebraska victory at home in Jack Trice Stadium. Big big play by Luther Blue where he ran back the 95-yard you know, yard kickoff return. What are your thoughts from that game? Because it was such a huge win for the program at that time, and it kind of put Iowa State back on the football map. Well, when Johnny was there, we tied those guys. The build-up to Nebraska was awesome. The, the the community did a great job, and the school did, you know, all of the hoopla and everything to build up to that game. Of course, we we almost beat Nebraska. I mean, Oklahoma that year was ranked one or two in the nation coming in. We we played 
Colorado very tough. The three of them were one, two, and three in the nation the year before, and we were playing against those guys, so we thought we could beat anybody, okay? There was nobody that we thought could beat us that year. So we were very confident going into the game, and they had lost a couple players off their team to injuries that if they had a chance to beat us, they would need them to beat us. You know, that's the way we felt. And they had Ben Ferragamo, and uh, they had a little Bobby Thomas, I think it was, a wide receiver. It was really tough, and uh, I guess he caught a couple touchdown passes that day. But we were clicking on all cylinders. There was no – I don't think anybody could have beat us in the nation that year. That's why after we beat them, we're looking forward to – well, actually, we needed to win our last game to go to the Rose Bowl against Oklahoma State. But I got my knee got uh, – I have uh, hyperextended my knee towards the end of the Nebraska game. Buddy Hartman finished the game pretty much, and they ran the ball, and, and uh, he did an awesome job running with it that year. Of course, Buddy was an awesome running back. I mean, running quarterback and and uh, went on into the pros as a running back. But um, he was another guy that I forgot to mention. I neglected to mention that uh, what's a big part of our success as well uh, because I had a torn rotator cuff to start of the season and played the whole season with it. So there was times that I had to come out of the game. And if he hadn't been there to be able to come in and keep the momentum going and then give me time to recover, and we wouldn't have had the success that we had. But going back to Nebraska, we had to win that game. We felt confident that we would. Our defense was clicking that day. Our special team was kicking that day. Punt team, uh, kicker, Scott Coleman, Rick Blabalil was punting out of this world. He was putting the ball down on the one-yard line, and we were covering it. You know, Pat Kennedy, I remember him making some tackles on, on matter of fact, three tackles and caused fumbles that day. Perticone, who's deceased now, covered the ball down when Blavalu put it down on the one-yard line. We, they just could not get it going because we were clicking on all cylinders that day, and, and the big run by Luther Blue at the end of the game. Awesome run. <laughs> I mean, I watch it even now sometimes. <laughs> just cause that, was, that was one of the best kick returns I've ever, ever witnessed, actually, in, in, in football. We went into the Oklahoma game with an opportunity to be co-Big 8 champions for the year. And uh, we needed to win that game, though. And, of course, I twisted my knee in that, you know, at uh, some point during the Nebraska game and wasn't able to play. I was in a stabilizer, but they wanted, you know, me to be prepared, to be ready just in case. They didn't want to do surgery right then, so I partially tortured. They put me in a stabilizer so that, the ligament would attach itself back together. By that time, we would be, I hopefully, be able to play for the uh, Orange Bowl. We went down there and I didn't play. And Buddy didn't, Buddy didn't have a good game. He was, he had some other issues going on that uh, caused him not to be himself that week and in practice and all. And and uh, the guys, I don't know. I, I really can't tell you what what caused us to lose that game. We were a much better team than Oklahoma State that year. They had a great running back, though, but they couldn't have beat us if we were, uh, had everybody there. And, of course, I wasn't. And I was captain, most valuable player on the team. As it turned out, I didn't know that at the time. The guys voted me that way, and 
you know, I just felt like uh, we had a great squad, and there was a lot of guys that probably could have been, but uh, they chose me. You finished the season 8-3. and three. You're ranked in the top 20 nationally in all the polls. What was the mood of the team, you know, the disappointment in the team when you didn't get a bowl game? And, and I know it's hard to explain that to the younger generation because there's, there's, you know, 40 bowls now. Back when you were playing, there weren't many bowl games. And what was the disappointment on the team of not making a bowl game when you know that you're one of the best teams in the nation? We knew we were one of the top teams in the nation and uh, haven't played against the top three. <laughs> you know, the guys felt like, you know, they all tell me even today, if we had a quarterback, you know, we, we would have we beaten Ohio State. Of course, we all felt that way. And we regret that we didn't get an opportunity. But I could understand it, having coached there myself. Iowa State, having had a tradition of winning and all of that good stuff, and the bowls depended on people filling the stands, you know, and and, and being so far away from all the bowls. <laughs> you know, they were just thinking, there are not a lot of Iowa State fans, and, you know, and we had a newfound uh fan base that was exciting you know, and excited about our team and everything, but they wanted to make sure that they, they filled the stand. And I'm I'm pretty sure that's probably why we didn't get a look that year. And uh, I could understand it, not at the time, but later on as a coach, you know, I'm being, I haven't coached there for a year after, two years after uh, graduating and then coming over to Ohio State. You know, Ohio State in back then was getting bowl games even if they they didn't win many games. They didn't, they couldn't have a season less than what we had and still go because the people are going to follow. They're just used to them winning and used to following and supporting the program. Hopefully this new new staff that we got out there, I think I'm excited about them. They're, they're from Toledo. I watched them, and I like what they were doing. They were spreading the ball around, throwing the ball all over the field, and uh, I know the defensive coordinator, Haycock, hell of a defensive coordinator. <laughs> he yeah. coached now. His brother was with uh, Coach Tressley at Ohio State several years and did a great yeah. job here. So he grew up around football, and um, he knows the game very well. He's a good student of the game. So, uh, so Wayne, talk about your post-Iowa State career. So, obviously, you're, you graduate from Iowa State. You stay on staff with Coach Bruce with the Cyclones you know, for the 77 and 78 season. And then when Coach mm-hmm. Bruce takes a job at Ohio State, you go with him. So tell us about your working relationship with Coach Bruce. You've had a chance to work with him for a long time. When you have a coach and they become your like dad away from home, when you're not at home, you're with them, <laughs> you know. And, of course, like I had that newfound respect for him and admiration for the way that he did things and, and, uh, and the fact that he was big enough to uh, step back and, and listen to somebody as young as I was, and it worked for him. And, uh, you know, he was more like a dad figure, but a boss as well. And I worked real hard for him, you know, and I did some, a lot of great recruiting for him. Signed uh, three kids that made, I think, the three kids that I signed before I left there, Rocky Gillis, Joe Brown, and Ronnie Osborne. They had great careers out there and very successful. And came here and uh, recruited the entire South, like seven states. I had Tennessee, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Florida, and a little bit in Kentucky. Uh, they feared me down there because I was bringing the boys north, you know, <laughs> and the kids were having success. And, and they, as a matter of fact, I was in Cluiston, a city called Cluiston. It's about 12 miles from my hometown. Schnellenberger was coaching in Miami at the time. He had that young sheriff <laughs> follow me around 
town, you know. I had to sneak in in towns and, and sneak out, matter of fact. But I did a great job recruiting for him because I, I really, you know, it was easy to coach for Coach Bruce. I played for him and uh, coached with him, so I knew him about as well as anybody uh, from both sides, both aspects of it. So it was kind of easy selling him because I knew how his work ethic. I knew how he felt about his players and what he would do for them, you know, to make sure. He was more of a father figure. He wanted everybody to play for him to be successful, you know, on the field and off the field and in life. He didn't quit being the coach after they graduated. He stayed with them. And as a matter of fact, when Dexter Green came and left the pros, he moved to Columbus, and and he came, and Coach Bruce had me. <laughs> he assigned me to help him here in, the, in Columbus, Ohio, to make sure he got settled in and was employed and all of that good stuff. And that was all because of Coach Bruce, you know. He, mm-hmm. he, he was there for his players forever. So this season over for Iowa State football is against you and I on September 3rd, and it's going to be a big weekend for you because Iowa State is going to honor the 40th anniversary of the 1976 team plus many of its teams of the 1970s for a reunion. How excited are you to come back to Ames to reminisce with your old teammates? <laughs> well, uh, two years ago, we we had a reunion in uh, Florida, you know, and this was the beginning of all of this. Actually, I, I just got – I have cancer now. And uh, prostate cancer, had surgery, I'm doing chemo, which is a lower dose of chemo. So I, you, you look at me, you wouldn't think I was, there was anything wrong. I'm not uh, – sick all the time so I, I i just once you you know your life is threatened that way you get a little bit more sentimental <laughs> i did at least and i started thinking about my teammates my family that i hadn't seen in so long you know and then when and the dexter green died and tony hawkins one of our captains he died and we were taught we Tony and I talked about it a thousand times, man, we need to get together more often. Start calling the guys and they were all uh, excited about it as well and we all talked about a place and we settled on Pompano Beach, Florida and so I made sure that we had a hotel, a common hotel that we were all gonna stay at and it was uh Beach Coma Resort Villa down there in uh Pompano Beach, right on A one A. there was about thirty, forty guys that came down there. And it was just a great time. So we declared that we were going to get together every two years after that. Coming back to Ames is exciting just because I get to see these guys again, you know, and, and kind of continue what we started. And going back to the old roots, you know. <laughs> and then uh, Coach Bruce, I'm just so excited about the fact that he's he's coming. But when I mentioned that to him, he got so excited. I said, Coach, are you sure you're going to be there now? you got to take care of yourself. And he said, yeah, he's when you tell them, I'll be there even if I have to walk. We're headed there, about 80, 90 strong. Well, Wayne, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us on our sidecast, and we can't wait to see you for that UNI game and all your and all your teammates, and uh, we look forward to seeing all you then. Thanks again, Wayne. Thank you, Mike, and I look forward to being out there.